Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was a child, uh, Lincoln Logs were still incredibly popular, which says something maybe about the generation that I grew up in. And the thing about Lincoln Logs that was incredible was that you could stack them into various formations as long as what you wanted was a straight line. And then, of course, there came various kinds of Legos in all of their various kinds. And now, uh, I guess kids just build things on the internet. But uh, the truth is that we all like to build stuff. Uh, my younger brother, Forrest, is actually the, the more prolific Lego user uh, than I was, certainly. Uh, he was not, however, a militant Lego purist. In fact, I'm not really sure he ever built anything the way it was supposed to be done or designed. He'd mostly just threw pieces together in whatever assemblage came to mind and then took the leftover pieces and scattered them on the floor to create painful booby traps for others to step on. Uh, Building, of course, is hard work. It takes creativity and persistence and patience particularly if you're starting from scratch, building without instructions, trying to make something completely new. When we come to know and follow Jesus, we are the ones being built up. We're being crafted into something new ourselves, a spiritual household that God is still constructing even today. The image that comes to us from Peter this morning is one of the richest ones we find for the whole church in Scripture. It sticks in our memory mostly because it applies so readily to our lived experience. If you spend any time at all around a church, you can testify that there are lots of characters around. Even though we might not always have very much in common. Even the group of folks who gather together this morning have a lot that we share. But in our sharing, of course, there is not always homogenous uniformity. And yet, somehow, like the master builder working with different tools and materials, God himself is building us up. He's able to take a diverse collection of individual people with individual characteristics and properties and sometimes even quirks and build us into something wholly new that never existed before. This is a huge undertaking. And it's easy for us to forget because we stand downstream from the origins of the church in the history of the world, that the Christian community that Peter was writing to was still a new thing, incredibly so. By the power of the Holy Spirit, God was pulling together people of different genders and races and nationalities and languages and putting them all together into one new community of faith with a central purpose, 
proclaiming the good news of the gospel. If we take even a half step back, we can recognize what an incredible achievement it is that the church came to life at all and still endures. What's more, the church was brought together, united in this one new body, not only to worship together one day a week, but to become a living, breathing, 24-7, 365 new community of faith, a witness to the world to share with others God's desire to heal the whole creation and to call all people back to their original purpose. One of the challenges that I have been wrestling with recently is how to begin the process of returning to in-person worship services, hopefully by God's grace in the very near future. And as we have had those conversations with leaders in our diocese, with our bishop, and with our vestry, the first thing that I find myself wrestling with is how to describe what we will do. Because it's not truthfully a reopening, because the church itself is never really closed. We are still gathering as we gather this morning for prayer and fellowship. We're still reading scripture and seeking to live our lives as followers of Jesus, just in different contexts and perhaps more casual outfits than we might normally have expected. But we're not taking a break from our faith. The building project of discipleship goes on, even if it looks perhaps different than we might have expected. The cornerstone is still there, and we are being built up by the master builder, even if at a distance from one another at the moment. This building up that God has done and is still doing in our hearts and in our lives has an important purpose that I think we need to remember, especially in this odd season. The foundation has been laid. The house has been built so that when we are in moments or perhaps even long seasons of stormy weather, the house will not fall down. The foundation will not simply be swept away. We are, quite honestly, in a storm right now. In some ways, it's made more difficult to endure because of the invisible nature of illness and because of the distance that has been placed between us as members of the household of faith in Jesus Christ. But while our spiritual house may be buffeted by strong winds, and sheets of driving rain, it will not be demolished by the gale because we are still able to grow in our faith and care for one another and know the presence and the love of God in this season. We should rejoice and give thanks that we have been built into a spiritual household of faith for seasons just like this one while we mourn with those who mourn, 
And while we pray for an end to all grief and hardship and injustice, we must remember that God has never abandoned us, that he has made provisions for us in this challenging time, that we are still united by all that we share in the household of faith, and that we're able to endure whatever frustration or suffering that we might feel because God is the one who has called us together and has built us up. And in that work, the master builder has made no mistakes. I know that one day soon we will be together again, perhaps with some challenging differences to navigate. But the truth is that in these days, we must hold on to the goodness of God that we have tasted. The reminder that we hear from Peter that we are called to be holy people, transformed members of a wholly new spiritual household. Whatever may come, whatever challenges we may face, we can only rest in the knowledge that we are secure and safe because our foundation and all our life is built on Jesus Christ himself. And Christ is God's chosen and precious cornerstone. So brothers and sisters, wherever you may be this morning, however you may feel, whether high or low, whether stormy or calm, rest easy in the knowledge and the love of our Savior Jesus Christ. For he is the one on whom we can place our trust and in whom we can always rely, no matter how stormy the sea, no matter how loud the winds, no matter how sharp the rain may strike us, our Lord and our God remains our foundation. Amen.